Welcome to the Shark Pod, the podcast that explores business and lifestyle design in Ireland and beyond. And now, live from Greystone Studios, here are your hosts, Luke Curry and Mark Baker. What is up, Shark Nation? Welcome to the very first Shark Pod of the year. Um, we took a little bit of a hiatus, Mark, a couple of weeks off. We hadn't taken any time off in two years. I think we deserved it, Mark. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, it was a long year and a lot of output from the Shark Pod. How many episodes? We did, uh, like with the bonus ones, we're, thinking, we're talking about like over, well over 50. Yeah. So a lot it's, of output. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I went on a little trip to uh, to Italy, which was just delightful. How did you get on in Rome? Did you did you enjoy the the sights? I did, yeah. And you know, I have a Greek and Roman uh, history degree, so oh, yeah. I eventually I that. Yeah, got to use that. I was on the airplane reading um, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, trying to get. And Kim was just looking at me, going, "What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to Rome." <laughs> um, I I went there when I was twenty one. We had gone to um, me and my wife, my then girlfriend, had gone to Eos. Uh, and we were going to yes, the island in the Greek uh, archipelago, and we were going to go get um, jobs and stuff like that. We never actually got jobs. We were just kind of hung out on the beach and you know enjoyed ourselves. But on the way back, we went to Rome, and I was blown away. I just uh, read the uh, amazing book by uh, Adrian Goldsworthy called uh, uh, Julius Caesar: Life of a Colossus. You, if you want read to, that one. If you want to read that, like. It has everything. It has for everything from kind of love stories to like military strategy, like all these epic um, chapters in Julius Caesar's life. And you're like, I, you know, there's a few people that you read about in history where you're like, how did they fit all that in? Um, I'm reading about Napoleon mm-hmm. right now, and I'm finding the same type of thing where it's just stacks and stacks of like chapters of his life. Um, and most people just yeah. kind of drift. What's that, what's going but on there, but that was shock, it was shocking actually when you're when you're there and you're actually you know listening to the history and reading about it. It's everywhere. Like it's a real mix. I don't have to tell people what Rome is, but it's obviously a mix of old and new. Yeah. Um, and when you hear, obviously you hear all the emperors' names and and you know different people from from history, and then you hear how old they were when they died. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like people doing doing a lot of stuff in their late 20s and you're just like jesus it's we're really putting stuff on the back burner nowadays we really do like i know mm. we've got a i already thought that anyway we've got we live slightly longer um than, yeah. than back then but uh there's a, a great this is this will tell you kind of how how it uh how it kicked off for for my boy julius um but he was out there and he was um he was some i can't remember exactly what his title was but um he was out in Spain at the time, kind of working for that province. He was working, he was a government worker, you know, a yeah. bureaucrat, you know. And uh, he's out there, and he's with his his uh, I don't know his girlfriend. I don't know what the details are. He's with somebody, some lady friend, right? And uh, he sees a statue of Alexander the Great, you know, conqueror of Persia. You know, he was alive. I think like I want to say like five hundred years before, six hundred years before uh, Julius Caesar. Does that does that make sense? Kind of around six. A long BC. time since I've watched the movie, and uh, not a great movie in the end. But um, so he sees this uh, this uh, statue of Alexander the Great, and he started to weep because he was thirty one, and at that stage, uh, Alexander had conquered the world. 
and Julius Caesar thought he was a loser. Isn't that interesting? He's done quite a lot, a ridiculous amount as well, like at that stage. Funnily enough, he doesn't take charge of a of an army or anything until he's, I think he's like 36 or 37. Oh, really? If But then he dies at 41 or something. It's just like he went after it there for a little while. You yeah. Know, he, you know, but he, the place uh, where he was killed, I think, now is like a cat sanctuary. It's like all these wild cats running around <clears throat> the ruins that they found. I think that's what they said. So uh, we went to see some cats. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Okay, so this time, you know, it's not all about cats and uh, worshipping uh, Julius Caesar's uh, grave. It's also about you too, because this is the thing, right? Some people had got back to us on the podcast where we bump into people who are podcast listeners, and a lot of them are, you know, younger than 30. You know, they're not really hip to the the, the kind of U2 stuff. They see your uh, your markbakerart.com, and there's a p- perhaps unhealthy kind of obsession that you might have had in your early artistic career with U2, with Bono's face in particular. Um, so if we thought we'd do a podcast just to kind of, you know, for those people who aren't really into U2, get them excited about them, get them, get them into the back catalogue. Do you know what I mean, Mark? Well, look, we said it was lifestyle and design. Uh you know, our business and lifestyle design. Um, most of it has been business, but like part of life is, you know, music, art, and uh, you two are a big part of our kind of years growing up, our formative years, and still are. And tell me, like, when did you start becoming a, a U2 fan? Like, when was a, when did it get the bug? I think my brother, probably my brother Kev had Pop Mart, which was like, um, the tour they did it, the, it was like a VHS in Mexico the nice. live in Mexico one and I remember putting that on and just witnessing the show that they put on there and I was like what the hell is this uh, incredible it was 19 what year was Pop Mart 1997 96 97 was it? yeah and, uh, and then and then obviously going, going back from there um, you know some of the best albums were in the 80s it's a it's a funny one. I'm not a I'm not one of those guys who's like, yeah, it's it's I don't like going way back. I like the eighties stuff, but I'm not I'm not breaking out um the boy album on the regular. Do you know what I mean? No, I don't, never. I, I'm not I'm not really going back that far. But um the uh, when I start so I one of my uh an uncle that I'm very close to, uh he was a big U two fan. So he, I remember when I was a child he had all these big U two posters on his wall. He was always doing road trips. You know, we were living in Canada at the time going to see you too and stuff like that so i got a little little bit of a, a bug there and then when i was uh like 12 or something when we first met you copied something like 14 u2 albums uh burnt them onto a cd for me remember that did i did i put them in like one of those things uh that holds all cds or yeah. a black thing a black yeah thing. i remember that now yeah. and you're and, and i would listen to them so i started listening to like the, apologies to uh island records for uh, copying <laughs> their their records yeah so this is back in i don't know probably we the, paid them but we've paid them back in concert ticket fees yeah exactly um but these were um so i started to listen to the the back catalog a, a little bit because a lot of people just you know those two albums the best of the 80s and the best of 90s 2000s is where people like to hang out a lot and there's some great stuff in there but i find like I was getting if these types of the the types of albums that they were putting out. They were real albums in a sense that they had a feeling to them, in mm. independent of the other albums. Do you know what I mean? That I don't. Think. I think you. A lot of bands have lost that these days with the part of 
a new a new album or a band that you follow like was was the album artwork it was the th- the theme of the album the the color scheme the you know the photography all that kind of stuff is kind of lost now because it's all on spotify that's and, why records i suppose are still actually more popular than cds and that's this is the thing these guys have sold 175 million albums isn't that crazy when you think mm. about it um and I think the album, when when I listen to albums now or when I listen to Spotify, basically I, I go into the made for you section and it's like 50 different ones that are of the same kind of theme. But when I listen to um, uh, the the Joshua Tree in 1988 with the accompanying uh, uh, concert DVD, um, Rattle and Hum, I get a feeling like I want to go to America and I want to explore. Do you get, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what they wanted to portray, and it was just like every little, um, like it's it's a real for somebody uh, from Ireland. A, a lot of people that I'm probably the the youngest of that generation who saw America as the place to go and make it. Um, bands are still trying to break America when I was a, a child and stuff like that. I think a little bit of that is gone now with modern media. I was bashing America, and we're supposed to dislike them because of politics and. Do you get that feeling? Like they kind of, they're almost self-deprecating as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I just think the world has opened up a little bit more, I suppose. You don't even have to go to America, but if people find you on the internet from America, you've kind of broken America. Mark Baker, I once asked you what's your favorite U2 song, and this is what you came back with. So, Mysterious Ways off the Octung Baby album. Uh, Mark, why was that your favorite one? I, to me, I love that song, but, you know, favorite is a big uh, <laughs> it's a big step. What do you think? Well, it depends when you ask me. <laughs> I don't remember you asking me that. I, I, wouldn't, is... say, I wouldn't say that now. Um, what do you, what that's do you... probably one of the first songs I, I ever heard, in fairness, because it was on the radio and stuff. Yeah. Um, you would have been probably six or seven if... when that came out. In the 90s. It was... It was brilliant live. I remember seeing them in Slane. Um, saw them twice, one week after the, after the other, for the Ele- was it Elevation tour probably. Elevation tour, yeah. Yeah, it was. Or was it? It was. It was the Elevation tour two thousand and one. I've got that yeah. queued up as well. And I think they played that on the second uh, weekend, um, and it was just absolutely incredible live. Um, it's one of those things where we were talking about before, where the the album was of something. Do you know, like the the Octon Baby album for me like I love to travel in Europe as well like so when I was a teenager I wanted to do the interrailing thing and I did mm. you know um, and I wanted to go all over Eastern Europe and stuff and Octung Baby um, you know was recorded at the time of the the fall the Berlin Wall all of the iconography is kind of like around that kind of kind of feeling of change it's a big departure from the 80s stuff there's loads of kind of psychedelic guitar like like in Mysterious Ways there's loads mm. of um, kind of character changes as well, where there's, you know, Bono's dressed like a fly in concert. You know, he, he's become like a caricature of a rock star, you know, yeah. and it's kind of unapologetic. Um, and I think in the in the end of the 80s, he's, he's, he's a bit moody uh, in the Joshua Tree, trying to find himself. He's not trying to find himself in 
Octane Baby. Like he's there, you know. Isn't it mad how he could reinvent himself after each album, but go all in with it and people and own each reinvention yeah. without coming across as a a lunatic for or, or someone who is pretending or just playing different things not not actually not a bit like Madonna you know the way she she changed all the time it's probably the key to their success though in fairness it's probably the key to like if you look we were just talking about Elon Musk before uh, mm. before this and he was just he was the PayPal guy and he reinvented himself and you can even see like he got obviously got a stylist a trainer you know he, you know like things now he's the high technology guy the rocket guy and the, obviously yeah. the car guy but I think the the reinvention thing is really interesting. Um, I think people are afraid to reinvent themselves because they might come across as as fake. And if maybe, like, I don't know why it worked with him, but whenever I think it's the showpiece, he kind of sells it on stage. Do you know my favorite uh, one of my favorite songs off the um, off the Octung Baby album? So the one where they're in Berlin was the uh, was. Uh, until the end of the world I mean, that's probably my favorite song in fairness for those uh, people who aren't familiar with you two that much until the end of the world is like a scene from the bible that's kind of unwritten so it's supposed to be judas talking to jesus and it's just like it's really powerful and then the picture of the bono the bono <laughs> bono as the fly like being like hypersexual with the cameras on stage you know like really freaking people out like and you know everyone just goes yeah okay so they go with it um and here's and the edge i suppose is playing the good versus the evil with the guitar yeah it's very um you know it, it's really interesting and the, the lyrics are great and stuff like that but this is a this is a clip from 2005 that i always really like i get goosebumps sometimes when i listen to this so and he goes into the crowd Tom puts this on the cover of the magazine thank you very much Sean. mtv and vh1 still play our videos college radio still believes in our band and makes our band believe in ourselves it's an amazing place to be inducted in the rock and roll hall of fame feeling like this feeling like you've just put out your first album If you're a U2 fan, you kind of live for those little Bono uh, soliloquies. If you hate Bono, you hate those even more. Like, I think it's you love it or hate it. Like. But um, so in that video, uh, it's like a, a dinner scene. Like it's a, like a banquet. And Bono's just like going in the crowd, hugging people and stuff. It's really cool. But, um, the- but he's also playing the role of Judas, which is funny. I don't think half of them realize when he's kissing him on the cheek <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a little bit esoteric there but um we really like it the one of the things with um with with uh you two that was in 2005 so they've really done basically everything that people know them for at that stage i would say you know most of the albums that are very popular are already out and the way he thinks about his first if they're feeling like they're you know their next album is going to be their first album um or they've just published their first album um, I think that's a really interesting way and probably a way of looking at things and it probably goes to how you know successful they've been and it made me think that tonight when I was setting that up I was thinking you know Mark with your uh, with the recruitment business do you kind of feel like it's the first album the way I talk to you I don't feel like that that's it do you know 
We're talking about the the tricky second album, Mark. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, well. Look, I've reinvented myself a couple of times. I've, I was uh, an artist, and then I became an accountant, and then I became a recruiter. Um, but this definitely feels like, to me, it feels like yeah, the first album. Um, all the ideas are there. Um, I've been building them up in my head, thinking about it for so long. I want to do my own thing for so long. And now I'm getting to kind of put it all, uh, record it all, make it happen. It's a, uh, I, I can see over the last six months, I've, I've, I've seen a change in you, like as in there's a feeling now, you're always, you're always very confident, but now there's a feeling like you can do anything. I'm get that's what I get from you when I talk to you. There's, there's more opportunities than time. Right. Yeah. Well, look, there was a, a level, a gear change. I think success comes slow but fast. I think as I heard someone say that once, uh, maybe recently, and it's it's right. Um, you know, you're just waiting for your chance to kind of, you know, get to that next level, and you're always kind of, if 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 that's what you're into, you know, whether it's music or whatever or business, and then that it just happens one day, all the hard work pays off, and you know, fingers crossed, continues that way. But yeah, I definitely feel like. I'm 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 in a, in a uh, second gear at this stage. I think it's uh it's really cool. One of the um one of the the last songs I have queued up here from the Octung Baby album, um which I think I think it's my favorite album. All in all, like there's it's hard to pick one that if you had to pick just one, uh, but for me, you know, it's it kind of it ticks all the boxes that that I like, and then also has some kind of some little bit of cheesy hits in there as well. And the the most I actually don't re- really listen to to one that much at all. It's so one. I've got the Glastonbury version here. I actually didn't realize you had that cute. Did you know? so, <laughs> I like the Glastonbury live version just because it's so clear. But it was an actual. It was kind of a weird uh, atmosphere. I don't think it was like their crowd as much. Mm. You know, and um, I know. When I was in, whenever you go see you two, all the foreigners just keep on shouting for one. They love one, um, <laughs> and I like it too. It's kind of it's, I I bought a I don't know if you bought it for me or I got it for Christmas one year, but it was like um, we got a, a book that kind of goes through the story of all the different songs, mm. um, and this one was like about it was supposed to be like I don't think he ever committed to it, but he wrote that song like almost in one go. Like he was just he said hit record and then just went for it, um, and then they edited it and stuff. But it was a very um, a kind of quick quick song to write, and it was inspired by um, a, a conversation between uh, like a gay son coming out to his father. Really, never heard that. Did you not hear that? And no. One I watched. Oh God, I had a bootleg, Mark. I wish I still had it back. You know, remember that U uh, two uh, uh, Rhythm Records uh, in Temple Bar? It's a Starbucks yeah. now. Fox is that Starbucks? Jesus, yeah, that's a real, yeah, kicking the the. It was never gonna survive though. <laughs> Just with me Fairness. and you in there, fingering <laughs> through records, you know. Uh, but all the bootlegs and, used to be and there. T-shirts. And I had a uh, bootleg where Bono was like he inserted the words around the conversation to make it sound like more of a conversation. Um, okay. So he said, uh, "Did I ask too much? You said more than a lot, and I said you gave me oh, nothing, okay. and you said that's all I've got." Or, you know, he said it like it was a conversation. Ah, oh, it was really cool. I think it was uh, Stockholm. If anyone has that uh, bootleg of 1989 uh, Stockholm, let me know. We I'm sure will... It's probably on YouTube. I couldn't find it. I've been looking for it. But, oh, uh, really? 
yeah so that kind of that was kind of an interesting if, once you hear that maybe listen to that uh, a second time or you know another time now might you might get something else out of it mm. um and i think that's i think we talked about this before where you two they're ballads sometimes but most of the time it's like they're almost trying to create a feeling do you know what i mean like mm. um and then i remember the first time i listened to pop which is like the record 1997 I think it was one that you had um you had uh, burned for me illegally back in the day allegedly <laughs> and uh the first time I listened to it I listened to it right through and I hated it. I had never really heard anything <laughs> from it. Um and then once I listened to it um uh, I really came to love it like I I think that it's like it's super raw. <laughs> There's loads of songs on it that are real growers um mm. and it just seems like like you know this one I love, you know. It gets me going the discotheque. It's the opening track. Loads of distortion and just kinda like And uh there's a part in it where the whole band and the music video are like, you know, air humping, dancing. When I if I was back in the day when I was in university and stuff and I was like going out, out, this is what I put on like Do you mean yeah. It get it gets the gets the people going. It's provocative part, you know. <laughs> Um, what do you think about it's such that? such a such a risk to take making that album 100% I wonder why they felt they had to take the risk was it just a passion that they wanted to do for a while or did they did they understand that you know like in business or, or life in general if you want to get any if you want to get keep moving forward you got to take you got to take some risks but like you see some people like the likes of Bruce Springsteen he's being consistent doing what he's doing yeah he hasn't changed really um but i think maybe bands are different maybe i think at the time like this is the 90s dance is dance music in the 90s is the coming of age of dance isn't it like dance yeah. music is it's the big thing and i think that they were influenced by a lot of that mm. um they've really not been a like in that in that book you told me or uh yeah that you may have got me i can't remember um they says they said like you two are like mavens. They kind of take bits and pieces from everywhere, and kind of make you know they're they do take inspiration from other stuff, you know. Yeah. And I think maybe the feeling in nineteen ninety seven was you know a lot of dance music going on. They wanted to have have some an answer for that, uh, mm. and then they come out with this tour, uh, called the Pop Mart tour. And if you've got time and you haven't seen it, go to YouTube and watch one of these uh, uh, Pop Mart. Um, uh, Mexico watch that concert uh, Bono comes out in a boxer outfit and it's like super techno and then he comes mm. out in a giant lemon and he's dressed like a character from the bible called Mr. McFeisto and he's no that's not in this one that's in uh, that was Zoo TV oh that's yeah. Zoo TV okay I, I missed but it. he he does you, they do use um, hold me thrill me kiss me kill me as as a, they kind of bring that song along with them from from that era, and he is that in in that video that you're probably thinking of. It's it's a it's an amazing concert, amazing setup, and it's just I what I miss about bands today is that they don't put the the showmanship isn't there. I mean, I went to see the yeah. Arctic Monkeys. I might as well have just been listening to them on, on the radio. No interaction. Yeah, they're good. I, I, think, I actually like them, but it wasn't a good show. You know. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um, who else probably if I, if I had to pick any any concert that i i never got to see it, i'd have to pick that one 
any any of the pop mart so. especially okay. in dublin 1997 1998 um you two just missed it i'd say you two oasis uh in lansdowne road come on mm. what a gig that's me that's that's next level stuff uh, i went i went to see you two in 2000 and uh 17 or something whatever the, the 360 tour i think it was um in crow park there was um it was U2 and uh, Damien Dempsey was open for them. That was pretty cool for me. That was a demo fan. You know. That's when he sang Masai and just blew the roof off a half-empty crow park. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. His, <laughs> his face went purple, like, you know. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, that was really good. So, like, out of, what would you give Pop out of 10 as an album? Um, well, we might as well rate Octone Baby first. Yeah, Octone Baby, what would you say out of 10? For me, that's, Probably one of my favorite albums. You'd have to give it a, a 10, 10 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard you give 10 out of 10 on anything. You know, I was like... Ugh. As I said, yeah. I don't think I said... I taught myself I've never given 10 out of 10 to anything. Do you know what? And I was going to say, next time on the podcast, sometimes I ask you about the 10 out of 10 thing, and uh, next time on the podcast, I'm going to say, you can't say seven. Because you're a, you're a seven guy, right? You know, There's always a little bit more you can you can squeeze yeah. uh, out of something. Um no, but flawless Octone Baby, flawless in my opinion. Yeah, just great uh, stuff. Like loads of, and that's why it's insane. If you produce such a high quality piece of work, whatever that may be, usually the the incentive or the temptation is to to do another version of that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? They could have easily based out another Octone Baby Part Two type vibe. ACDC, the same thing every time. Every album is exactly the same. True. Oasis got like that a little bit, I felt. Um, yeah. Although I love Oasis. Uh, but uh, Pop Mart, um, fa- okay, favorite song for us would be Flick Back There. Um, I'd probably say Gone, though. Um, <sighs> yeah. That's that's your real, that's the swan song. Yeah. Me and Mark both that's... want to be buried to the song Gone by YouTube. Yeah. I've told Katie about that. So <laughs> if one day, if you're up there in Shangana, um, <laughs> And she's not playing that. <laughs> on a loop. Sorry. Do you feel also a great song? Forgot about that one. Goddamn. There's also, one that... unappre- unappreciated song. If you wear that velvet dress, maybe. Or Playboy Mansions, obviously very good as well. I like, uh, I like Please. Um, mm. you know, it's it's a... quite a commentary on, on the time though, isn't it? Maybe that that's a bit of secret sauce that they were doing that maybe people don't do anymore um, is a commentary on the time at the time it probably doesn't seem as as kind of epic or you know but in a few years time if somebody made good music now about what was going on without referencing covid and all but yeah. like the feeling yeah in years to come that could be an, an, an epic album joe one of my uh youtube mentors george my uncle um he, he said like you yeah a youtube album needs about 10 years it needs right. that it needs some time on it like if you go back now um, all that you can't leave behind. I liked a few songs from that, but now when you play it through, you're like, "Oh my god, these are all great songs!" Do you know, mm. um, how to dismantle an atomic bomb as well. That's hit after hit. That whole album mm. is great. Well, if you listen, if you listen to them as much as we did, it probably takes a year for it to become yeah. <laughs> legendary in our, in our eyes. But I think what they did in the later years with the songs, songs of innocence, where it's all about the troubles and stuff like that in the north. I it kind of, a lot of that went over my head, but I'd say that really landed for their their base who had come of age now. 
and you know have some distance from all the stuff that was happening in the 70s and 80s in northern ireland yeah um i, I do i do like some of those songs but i feel like uh it's more for those those people you know mm. um but some great great ones there is there any is there any songs that you really like from the latter years you know say from no line on the horizon onwards um i'd say every break and wave is probably my favorite oh oh did you mean to do that i didn't i had it open i love the song it's um i think it's really good and there's also alternative music videos to it i was just gonna say <laughs> i've never seen this this one so like you might you might be uh so this is kind of a skinhead one um but uh there's also the one with woody harrelson in it which i like and then there's a live one i think I just think this is like this to me sounds a little bit like um, maybe Joshua Tree vibes. It's I I think it's almost like a a sister to With or Without You. I think it's kind of like there's a a drama in it where it's not going to work out, but you know they still like to get after it. You know? As it a good old crescendo as well. also like when they kind of invoke nature bits like um electrical storm when they're at the sea and I, I love that that type of thing and they're talking about the you know uh, the electrical storm obviously <laughs> Do you know <laughs> talking about you know i just love that uh they're a great band for the random b-side slash non-album uh single like that like sweetest thing that was a uh, that, that was, was a B-side, wasn't it? They reinvented it then, re, re kind of remade it then, um, released it. Hands of Built America. That was random. Wasn't yeah, it? Um, I think I saw, <laughs> I think I saw Graham Kenny on on the piano yesterday, the day before, on his stories, playing uh, and singing uh, the hand. These are the hands that built America. I wouldn't doubt it. I think that that's, uh, that's and it was also in a beautiful room. It where, was. Yeah, Did you see it? I thought, yeah, with like ancient paintings and stuff i loved it yeah um, brilliant. there's a great great uh a great follow um bum, bum, bum. this this is one thing as well before we kind of give our top three songs and top two albums i think that'd be a good way to round it off so we ne- we never rated uh pop mart did we not or sorry pop. Uh, pop um if i'm being honest eight out of ten Okay, so you're... Okay. Yeah, so, like a lot of people would probably expect me to say seven because it wasn't a kind of... It's probably not in most people's top three anyway. It's not, it's not packed. I listen to it sings. more than most albums. Yeah, me too. Like I listen, Especially you know, in the summer. Um, like, do you know the... Uh, uh, Staring at the Sun? That's... Uh, like, my wife always says that uh, they didn't write that. That's someone else because it's so kind of like iconic. It's a real song that's like... It could be loads of different bands, but they got there first to sing that song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like and loads of other bands' main song, but it's their, you know, 50-second great song. Yeah. Um, if God Would Send His Angels, also very good. Some devastating lines in that. Mm, where it's just, where it's very like, good song. Where it's like, where I think that's in that movie with Nicolas Cage. Angels? 
are not angels. <laughs> yeah, is that what it's called? It's called so, uh, uh, City of Angels. City's Ang- City of Angels, yeah. I think uh, it is. And stay far away so close also maybe in that. Or maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. I which think is another great song. Yeah, unbelievable. But the if God was sending his angels one, no, he's like, if, you know, if he's, God's got his f- uh, phone off the hook, he wouldn't pick up if he could, you know. Uh, mm. Jesus' sister's eyes are blistered. The high street never looks so low. Do you know if you ever go down like uh, uh, O'Connell Street, seven a.m. on a Sunday? See the dregs of society. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I'm not just talking about like homeless. I'm talking about people on the way home, people for, that have been at kitchen sessions all night. Do you know, <laughs> you know that Bl- yeah. like blurry eyed, where uh, like uh, Damon Dempsey says, like you know, you're at that party and you think everyone's your best friend, but you wouldn't even say hello to these scumbags. You know, mm-hmm. the next day. But for, yeah, anyway. Um, With a lot of U two songs, because because of the atmosphere it kind of creates, you end up. Cre- do you ever create almost your own video to the song in your head? I actually and know you what you keep mean. referring back to it. Yeah, but then you and you forget it's actually you just made it up. <laughs> one of the, and that's one of the things about like the difference between um, a U two song and a Bruce Springsteen song. You, uh, Bruce Springsteen when he sings about Atlantic City, that's about some guy that's trying to get his check out of Atlanta Atlantic City because there's there's some sort of like gang war happening or whatever and it, he doesn't want any part of it but then he has to do some lewd act for somebody you know and that's just the way it's going to be but you know I don't know if it's a lewd <laughs> act but he's, he's very he's non-committal but there's an act that he has do you know what I mean? the last so last night I met this guy and I'm going to do a little favor for him I don't know what's going on there but um uh, so he's get, kind of getting involved and he doesn't want to. But that's very specific to that situation. With U2 songs, because it's like a painting rather than a, a ballad, you get to exactly. apply your own thing to it. Every break and wave could be, for you, a different relationship for me. Uh, you know, all of those, uh, you know, everything, like some of them like Bloody Sunday that I have like a line mm. up there. That's very specific. But most of them are, you like you said, you make up your own. I think Bruce tells you what what's going on and then you two let you make up your own mind to an extent yeah it, yeah it's it's more you know it could be anything metaphorical they, they don't commit to it what it, what it could be about you know you know with or without you some people think that's like a, a heroin ballad you know um really yeah that could be yeah, that's what I, that's what bad uh, is though isn't it i think bad or might be as well a lot of heroin to stand in the still. 80s Runs on still for sure. He actually mock injects himself at the end of that uh, that live thing, often mm. wearing a powerful, <laughs> often wearing a um, like commando vest. Yeah, Do you know? I don't know why. Um, it was part of some other skit. It's uh, it's amazing. So uh there's so many, there's so many good good songs here. But one of the if sometimes we've had some younguns on the podcast and they don't know about Rattle and Hum the the concert video and where i was saying you've got to go uh got to go watch it i've got like just some of the power stuff that comes out of these uh uh these type of live performances where bonner kind of goes on a rant i don't think people are going on rants in songs enough live ever it's squeaky clean they're doing it on twitter they're on twitter i know like i want i want to hear from bono i don't want to hear from alexander 772 you know saying that he's against violence for women you know it doesn't mean mean anything to me yeah Um, 
Is he just riffing there? Can't be. Do you know things? I don't think so. It's. I think it's. But that you know that was a, uh, you know uh, the. Uh, I believe the. You missed uh, the best bit when he kicks in. Powerful there from Bono, um, but that that's the type of stuff when you get go to a U two concert nowadays. You know, he could be talking about la- like you know uh, trouble in Myanmar or whatever. But at least you know there's a little bit of a a break there. He, he tries to get the people going. Back then, I believe that was the day of some bombing. I think it might have been the Enniskillen one. Okay, uh, back in the day, so he's all revved up about it. Um, back in 1988, but you know those types of little speeches, I'd love to and. He's so good at them. It's very eloquent whenever he's breaking it out. Jericho, um, but what what do you think about that? Is that a is that a good way to run a concert, Mark, or is it just want them to play their their hits? And no, get off? It, de- it depends what you're into. But I think there's nobody else really doing it. Was there anyone else that ever did it as good as them? That was that kind of interim lead into a song. Um, Bruce is actually quite good at that. Yeah. Bruce Priest, yeah. Damon Dempsey used to be better at doing that. He used to do a lot more framing. Um, mm. And I think, well, last time I seen him, I seen him this Christmas and in his defense, he was trying to get, it, he didn't mention COVID once and he was just trying to get the people going. So it was, it was he did all, like every single, single song was a hit, no new stuff. He was hurrying the, the band up to make sure that we got as much in as possible because we had the hard stop at court eight. Oh, away, okay. So I, I, you could feel that, but it was very much kind of, a, you know, not that much interaction, but um, yeah, I, I love the interaction. I love, so you know, you two as well, they get people up on stage and like uh, Bono would be wearing the face off them and cuddling <laughs> them on the ground. No, this is all, this gets people going. Like it's, it's so emotional going to see you two I've concert. Sh- I've seen Luke put up his hand when uh, <laughs> certain songs come on. When me and Mark were like three people back from the stage, the Vertigo tour. <laughs> And uh, Bono comes down, never ever sings um, 
uh, while, uh, who's going to ride your wild horses, sang it that night, you know, right in front of us. It was amazing. But um, one of my favorite, I think that might be, okay, here we go. Let's wrap this up. Mark, wrap this up. What's your your go-to, say if, you know, give me three U2 songs you would prescribe to somebody who, you know, is a hater or is like, doesn't get it. Maybe not a hater. They're gone. For, you know, affect them guys. I'm talking about people who don't get it. Young people. The people who haven't been down the, you know, on the, the trip through the wires. Like, Well, would you, <laughs> would you give them three songs from three different eras or would that be, would that not make sense? Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. people okay. would get confused. You kind of have to go all in in one era first, in my opinion. Okay. What era you know would you I mean? go down first? Um, they would have to, I don't want to say it again, but it would have to be Octum Baby, I'd say. It's a great place to start, I think. Yeah. I agree, but I think it might be too old for some of the young people. Just think. If you're 25. I think it's aged very well. It has aged well, but if you're 25, it's before your birthday. Joe? Yeah. That might be a barrier to some people. I think All That You Can't Leave Behind is an easy in. You know, yeah. There's some good stuff there. Listen to um, listen to How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb all the way through three times. And you'll, you'll I think you're in then. I don't think there's any way back. Then you can go into the back catalog. Um, you'll you'll break out, you know, uh, mm. October. You'll <laughs> get crazy. It's funny you say that because I would probably say actually about all that you can't leave behind. I would say if I was to pick one album for for, for like a younger generation to to get that buzz from or to get that kind of addiction from would be to play that front to back. And it's probably because that's more my era than your era. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's probably why we're saying that. Yeah, it's kind of my, it's kind of my coming to, it's not even a, it's not even coming of age really. It's kind of, a, a, a disma- to how to dismantle atomic bomb was really my kind of teenage. Yeah. One. So you were listening to it live in the, in the moment. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like the first tour, it was the elevation tour that I went to. Okay. So to answer your question, um, if I had to pick a few songs, it's so hard. I'm just flicking through a few here. Um, you go first then. Um, so beautiful day, still one of my, my favorite songs. I know it's very light, but it can, it's I always feel good after it. Um, mm. Ultraviolet, get some of that into you. You know, I don't want to give them Acrobat yet. I don't think they're ready, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I don't think it's that's too. You know, it's you know, I he'd break bread and wine if there was a church he could receive in. What did he do? He, he murdered somebody. Did he? I don't know what's going on. In the song, like, you know. Um, that's an excellent live song as well. Yeah, but that's, you know, that's too deep. I'd say Ultraviolet, because that has a nice riff in it. And it kind of, mm. it's a real Octum Baby feel. Um, and also Until the End of the World. Yeah. They're not ready for gone. No. It's a hard thing to listen Certainly to. Certainly not it's ready like for. A, a wall of sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That was, that's, that's your three. That's my three. Let's not forget about the ground beneath our feet either. A little bit of Salmon Rushdie in there. Mm. Uh, he wrote that. What did you call Salmon? Salmon Rushdie. Salmon Rushdie, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. He wrote it, didn't he? He wrote it with Bono while he was in hiding. He wasn't doing anything else. <laughs> Time on his own. Okay. <laughs> Number one until the end of the world. I think. Yeah. If you listen to that a few times, there's no no denying that. 
I would say bad. Yeah. Number two. And hmm. I would say bad, but the version from Rattling Home where he goes into Ruby Tuesday. And he's like, I'm, I'm pleased to yeah, meet you. Yeah, that's also, that's yeah. Live Aid as well. Didn't he do it on that one? Did he? I can't remember. Yeah. But I know that he's like flicking his hair back. It's all sweaty and stuff. And <laughs> with the with the drum, you know, in a, at the end of, in, in a Rattling Home. It's like, mm. it's, it's very powerful. I'm going to pick one off All You Can't Leave Behind. And I'm going to say Kite. Brilliant. Love that one. Mm. Kite is amazing. Walk on, another great one. But I think Kite out of those two, they're they're almost Walk like on's it. more pop. Yeah, I always they're side by side, aren't yeah. they? Um, but I just think Kite's a bit uh, got a bit more emotion to it. Yeah, and then it has a, a great ending. You know, I just I think they've got so many good songs. Mark. It's another swan song, isn't it? Yeah, Kite. Did I waste it? Not so much. I couldn't taste it. And it was written on Kalini Beach, which is only down the road. Again, it kind of the waves, you know, loving it. Um, so that that's the uh, that's that's the prescription out there for people that are just getting going with you two. Um, I've got "Beautiful Day" from Slane Castle, Mark Baker's blonde long hair blowing in the wind. Uh, yeah. For anyone, uh, this, the Slane uh, "You Two Go Home" DVD. It's actually available on. Uh, YouTube uh, and it is such a good concept I'm so jealous that I was only uh, eight years old so I, yeah. I missed out I'll give a shout I'll give a shout out to my best mates at the, uh, that we went to see it on that day at both weekends actually Andrew O'Connor and uh, Brian O'Dell Brian and times. Andy shout out uh, let's all get together and go to uh, another concert when they when they come back um, that's uh, that's a, a goodbye from the shark pod and uh Anyone who wants to talk about you two, uh, just email us and we'll get you on just for a chat. <laughs> All right, here we go. 